registered dietitian, holistic cannabis practitioner, and master of nutrition science. Welcome to my podcast, Nutrition Rewired, where I share cutting-edge, practical advice to improve your health and debunk myths to help you rewire the way you think about nutrition and wellness. All right, Gianco, thanks so much for coming on today. It's really great to meet you. Thank you, Erin. I'm really excited to be uh, here with you and your audience. Yeah. So you're really the expert in glutathione, which is what I've learned. And I've heard some of your other podcasts, which were just incredible. Um, and so my listeners have never even really heard much about the importance of glutathione or even what it is. So maybe let's start there. Yeah. So, you know, before I kind of dive in onto glutathione, let me just talk a little bit more on how I found glutathione in the first place. Sure. So my mother gets ill in 2016, 2015. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because she was always a very active in business, very active in volunteer work her whole life. Mm-hmm. And little by little, mom just started declining. And basically from being extremely active in volunteer work and business, she basically has no energy for almost two years. Like mm-hmm. she would literally just wake up, do what she had to do in the morning. And then she would just be in the sofa, literally just do nothing. Mm-hmm. So, that was traumatic for the family. And what's interesting is that, of course, when you're sick, what do you do? You go to the doctor. So we went to the doctor and say, Hey, you know, she's not feeling well, what's happening mm. now, Aaron, as you know, for the longest time, a lot of doctors couldn't figure out autoimmune conditions, mm. conventional ones, particularly. So she had an autoimmune, but we didn't know. So whenever we went to a conventional doctor, they would say, oh, no, it's, it's psychological. It's mental. She has nothing. We're like, okay, but she's still not feeling well. And then we went to some other natural doctors, and we just bought a lot of stuff, honestly, with no results. And that was kind of our experience for like two years, which was extremely frustrating, you know, because one thing is to not feel well, but one thing is also to have zero clarity on what you, what, what, what you have. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people in this audience are probably going through this or have gone through this where they're not feeling well and then no one can find what they have. Mm-hmm. And then in this process, Aaron, and for the ones that are watching um, and listening, someone tells us about glutathione therapy and they say, hey, look, there's something that raises glutathione inside the body. You should check it out. Now, what happens, Aaron? We we thought that we knew everything. We thought that we were experts in nutrition. We thought that we were experts in antioxidants. But guess what? Mom wasn't well. So clearly, it was something that we didn't know about. Mm. Now, when they tell us about glutathione, we're clueless. We're like, what is gluta what? You know, it's like, you know, like, what is this? And then that's when we started kind of diving in onto this topic. And we were just fascinated on it. So we found a product from Canada, which, you know, later on, of course, in the podcast, we'll talk about that would raise glutathione inside the body. So you know, we were also in a horrible financial situation, honestly, but we had to find a way, basically. Mm-hmm. And what I remember, Aaron, is that practically what happened was a week passed by. I wake up a Sunday morning and I see her cleaning and reorganizing the whole kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Mom, what, what, what happened? And she puts the box in front of me. She says, it's, it's this. And I was like, what? 
And then she says, well, guess what? It looks like it's something also good for prevention because it's good for the immune system. Mm -hmm. And again, we still don't know really what glutathione is doing. We still don't really know what even is glutathione, nor how this product is making it. But what we're saying is, hey, this product worked really good on her. Mm. It's good for the immune system. I want a good immune system. So let's all consume it. And that's what happened. Basically, everybody in our circle of influence started on it because of the immune properties, right? And what it did for the immune system. Now, again, we still don't know what glutathione did until a actually, you know, who's now um, a good friend of mine. His name is um, Jim Spencer. He's been basically studying about glutathione for the past 20 years. And he was going to give a seminar on just glutathione. They say, hey, you should go and check it out. And I did. And that's when I really understood glutathione. And from that day forward, we just decided to help a lot of people with this product to raise glutathione. It's been five years and we've been able to help over 5,000 people. And since we've discovered so many other things about glutathione, um, and basically what we discovered, um, Aaron, was that, and of course for the audience, is that glutathione is something that we all have. Okay. And I think before the pandemic, a lot of people didn't know what glutathione really was. Mm -hmm. But after the pandemic, everybody just started Googling immune system, right? You know, like, how do I have a strong immune system? And then glutathione popped up. Now, before the pandemic, Aaron, um, I'm not sure if this happened to you, but every time I would ask somebody, hey, do you know what glutathione is? A lot of people didn't know. This was a topic that a lot of people just didn't know about. You know, they wouldn't know about vitamin C vitamin D, vitamin E, you know, just general antioxidants, CBD, but, uh, but a lot of them didn't know about glutathione. After the pandemic, if, now I feel like everybody knows about it, or a lot of people know about it, but, uh, but why? Because of the immune system. So basically what, what happens is that um, glutathione is something that we all have. You have it, I have it, um, animals have it. Basically, every living organism, um, organism um, has glutathione. So by having glutathione, you know, like once you have high levels of glutathione, this literally maintains your antioxidant level. And so again, we all have glutathione, but for many reasons, which we'll talk about later, people lose it. So what we have to do is basically just raise it. So, you know, after that, I just kind of, you know, became obsessed um, about the topic and we've been able to help lots of people. So that's my story. That's awesome about your mother and, and her story. And um, I think it's really inspiring when you hear, um, you know, somebody's experience of, you know, feeling defeated and feeling like there's no ans answers and then, you know, coming across this missing link. And this is so important for people to hear, especially if they are struggling and in that place where they feel like there is no way out or no resolve and they're not receiving, you know, proper holistic care from their, their medical team. So that's incredible. And I hope your mom is absolutely Thank thriving you. now. Um, that's awesome. So, so glutathione, it's our body's most powerful antioxidant. It is the main detoxifying agent in the body, right? So it plays a role very much so in the immune system. Um, and, and you're right. I think we weren't really talking about it a lot before this past year. And, you know, it reminds me of when, when, you know, CBD started becoming popular and people started talking about the endocannabinoid system and people were saying, you know, what is the endocannabinoid system? Like, We'd never even learned of it. Even as a dietitian, we are trained medically. Like we never yeah. learned about that. We knew about the nervous system. We knew about the reproductive system, but we didn't even know that we had an endocannabinoid system in our body that controls so many aspects of our physical and mental health. So that's incredible. So glutathione is a powerful antioxidant. Um, and, and so now that we know what it is, 
um, why is it so important? Um, and, and what are some ways that people can check to see if they have enough glutathione levels in their body? Absolutely. And, you know, when I started researching about glutathione, I found out that there are over 150,000 articles just in PubMed. So when someone is Googling glutathione, they can get overwhelmed. Now, what Dr. Gutman showed me, and for the ones that don't know Dr. Gutman, actually I have his book right here. He has a book called The Comprehensive Guide to Glutathione. Okay. And there's all kinds of chapters and clinical studies of what has happened when people have raised glutathione. And he showed me the most simple acronym to understand it. So basically the best way to understand glutathione is idea. What a great idea. So I, as you mentioned, immune system, D as a detoxifier, E as energy and A as antioxidant. So why is it so important for the immune system? Well, because it turns out that our immune system is literally dependent on glutathione. And this is for two reasons. The first reason is because the only way our body can create white blood cells is for our body to have glutathione. And so creating white blood cells is one of the main functions of the immune system. So the only way our immune system can even make white blood cells is to have glutathione. Now, this is especially good to fight bacteria, to fight viruses, to fight parasites. So when you raise your glutathione levels, you're raising these white blood cells account. Now, Something very important to, to, uh, to talk about is many times, um, Aaron, when I talk to someone with an autoimmune condition, um, for example, like my mom I had a lupus, they kind of get scared when I talk about white blood cells or maybe just fortifying the immune system because they tell me, hey, look, my immune system is actually too high. Yeah. So I can't raise my glutathione levels. And this is where I have to be like, well, no. See, glutathione is not a immune stimulator per se. It's an immune regulator. And it regulates the immune system because since it's the body's master antioxidant, if your immune system is too high, it's got to balance it out. Same as if your antioxidant level is too low. So basically, if you have too much oxidative stress, mm -hmm. then it's going to raise it up. So I always tell, look, for autoimmune conditions, it's amazing. Why? Because autoimmune conditions is basically an unbalanced immune system, as you know, Eric. So by raising glutathione, it starts to kind of level that out. Mm -hmm. So for that reason, it's literally food for the immune system. Now, second, D is detoxifying. Now, what happens is that 70% of our glutathione is actually in the liver. So once you start to raise glutathione inside the body, the liver starts to create enzymes that start to detoxify things like mercury, heavy metals, right? Uh, mercury, uh, just some um, general toxins, that we kind of consume every single day without even noticing. Mm. And then glutathione starts to create enzymes. Actually, there are so many clinical studies on this that now they are testing raising glutathione with autistic kids or autistic people in general, because it turns out that even though no one really knows the cause of autism, one of the main reasons is high levels of mercury. So by raising glutathione, it starts to detoxify this mercury. And then autistic kids have had amazing results. Now you might be saying, well, you know, I'm not autistic. How can this benefit me? Well, fish, for example, lots of fish has high levels of mercury. So we're exposed to all these things. And, uh, you know, like a lot of these things we can control, a lot of things we can't control. Mm. And then this is where glutathione starts detoxifying. Now, not only does it detoxify in the liver, it also detoxifies, the, you know, um, it helps the kidneys detoxify and it helps the lungs detoxify.
Okay. And again, for all the ones, you know, that are wondering where's he getting this information, literally just Google glutathione, asthma, I'm a glutathione lungs, I'm a glutathione liver detoxification. And you're going to see all of these clinical studies proving this. So that's the second thing it does. The third thing it does is energy, right? So for example, most people, especially in the US, as you know, Aaron, were obsessed with getting better energy. Now, this is for a lot of reasons. For example, most of our guts are not well. That's because of bad nutrition, genetics involved, toxins involved, okay? And all of these things mess up our mitochondria. And the mitochondria, as you know, Aaron, this is, these are like the batteries of our body. And so now these, these batteries of machines, even though they have to give us energy, they also have to cool down. Now, that's where glutathione plays an important role, because what happens is that if, the if, if our bodies don't have high levels of glutathione, it's going to be very hard for our mitochondria to cool down. And if this happens, a lot of times, for example, I've, I've spoken to some doctors, and they've told me that they, they think that fibromyalgia is actually mitochondrial dysfunction. Mm. And this could be one of the reasons. So what happens? You raise glutathione inside the body. Glutathione will help mitochondria cool down. And then you automatically feel better. Now, this is for people that already have energy. And these are people, of course, that have no energy. What's really interesting, Aaron, is that a lot of Olympic athletes are now raising glutathione because of this reason. And they've had amazing results. So for the people that have already good energy, but want to maintain that energy. And for people that don't have energy, this is amazing. And then for last, we have a antioxidant. So as I spoke, antioxidant and immune system is so connected, right? So by raising your immune system or by, by maintaining the immune system, of course, your antioxidant level is being balanced. Now, something incredible that, that you mentioned was that you said glutathione is a master antioxidant. That's true. That's true because science says that there are over 4,000 antioxidants that we know. And it's, what's amazing is that of all those antioxidants, the one that recharges all of them is glutathione. So a lot of people are in many supplements. There are many you know, diets, regimens, which is fantastic, okay? For, for whoever is on that already, I congratulate them because they're already ahead. Most people don't even start. Now, what's incredible is that despite all the treatments, if you're not raising your glutathione levels, your body won't be recharging, for example, vitamin C. So vitamin C, for example, as many people that have gut issues, one of the uh, uh, suggestions is to consume more collagen, mm -hmm. right? Because collagen can literally repair the gut. And so, of course, vitamin C will create more collagen also. So what happens? Once you start to raise glutathione inside the body, and then you're also consuming vitamin C or vitamin D or collagen, okay? But let's say that, that you're raising glutathione inside the body, but you're also consuming vitamin C. What happens? Now your body is going to start recycling, recharging all of this vitamin C. So guess what? Your body is making more collagen than ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, I haven't, there's not, hasn't been a ton of research on collagen overall. I'm curious to see um, you know, how that continues to emerge. Cause I know, you know, I know that a lot of my clients will take collagen and they'll say my hair, my skin, my nails, like I feel yeah. better. Like it's easier to digest. 
Um, but I'm curious to see more of the research. I don't know if you've seen a ton of research there. I'd be curious because I'm still kind of waiting. I've seen a lot of in the sports yeah. sports kind of realm. I've attended a few conferences with some really great research on joint health and stuff. Um, but specific to like gut health, um, I'm very curious to see if there will be more in that era. I'm with you. Yeah, you know, I, I honestly have not seen so many studies either with collagen and the gut. But like you said, people just uh, people with gut issues usually just feel better consuming collagen. Yeah. So there's obviously some, you know, something that is doing. Um, but again, one reason is, is because of that. Okay. So basically, you know, just kind of to, you know, talk about this acronym for the ones that are, you know, listening and watching and don't understand about glutathione, just, just remember this acronym idea, okay. I for immune system, D for detoxifier, E for energy and A for antioxidant. And if you know, and remember this, you will be 90% ahead. Mm-hmm. I like that acronym. That's a really great way to kind of sum it up and remember the benefits of, um, of glutathione. Now, in terms of, you know, there's some, some speculation of certain antioxidants, you know, like vitamin C or vitamin E and, and how taking too much of these things can be harmful because you do want your body to learn yeah. how to fight for itself. Right. Yeah. Um, now, does that apply to glutathione or is that more specific to, you know, these water soluble vitamins like vitamin C and E, those types of antioxidants? Great question, Aaron. You know, it's interesting because I think this is where we have to talk about how to, cons- you know, like how to raise glutathione in the first place. Okay. Mm-hmm. So most people that, that, hear about glutathione, the first thing they'll do is that like they'll go to Whole Foods or like their closest um, health food store and then buy glutathione pills. That's the first thing you do. Okay. And unfortunately that's, that's an error because most glutathione pills, I would say like 90% of them don't work because we're not made to actually ingest glutathione. So what happens with that and to answer your question is that there are a lot of medical doctors are making ways so we can ingest glutathione by itself in a way that our body can consume it. Now, this is where it can be dangerous because since we're not made to just digest, you know, I'm going to consume glutathione directly, mm-hmm. you can actually feed yourself with too much of it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where precursors, glutathione precursors are generally better. Now, when people think about precursors, they think about N-acetylcysteine. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Right. That's what they think. And N-acetylcysteine is a better option than a glutathione pill or just ingesting glutathione through IV. It is a better option, okay? Because your own body's making it. Now, again, with that book on the, compre- on the Comprehensive Guide of Glutathione, it talks about N-acetylcysteine. It talks about that every hospital in the world actually uses N-acetylcysteine. So it, it turns out that if someone like, for example, in, in Europe, one of the main causes of suicide was actually Tylenol. So what someone would do if they want to I'm kill themselves, unfortunately, was that they would just consume, let's say, like 15 Tylenols with a scotch. And basically, like their liver would just be like basically like done, like dead. Mm. And then so now, but basically, if it would take it would take the body three days for it to actually die. Mm-hmm. OK, now, if the person changed their mind and actually went to the hospital. And says, hey, look, you know, like, come on, how many is attacking liver and all that? Every single hospital in the whole world has an N-acetylcysteine and drug. They put it into the body as an emergency. The liver immediately makes amaglutathione and detoxifies it all. Hmm. Of course, there's side effects like vomiting, and diarrhea, and all these things. But, of course, it saves a person. Sure. So most people will go with N-acetylcysteine. Now, what happens is that in the 80s, 
a doctor called Dr. Gustavo Bunos, okay? He, together with uh, Dr. Patricia Kongshavik, okay, two very popular immunologists in Canada, they discovered a protein with basically no allergens that basically whenever we consumed it, our own body made glutathione. Now this, take, uh, this took a couple of years to really investigate, not only on mice, but on humans to see if it was good. Mm. And after a couple of years of testing, they found out that it was a natural way to raise glutathione inside the whole body. And then so in 1990, I think six, they released it as a supplement or what they call as a nutraceutical. Mm -hmm. So the difference with this, uh, Aaron, and for, you know, and for everybody you know, that is watching um, and listening is that the, the key word here is cysteine, right? So N-acetylcysteine, cysteine is a precursor. The only issue with N-acetylcysteine before I jump to this topic is that N-acetylcysteine, after a couple of weeks, most, uh, a lot of people feel kind of like washed out. And what happens is that clinical studies keep proving that as good as N-acetylcysteine uh, can be, your body won't use it as much. So it's almost like it'll make glutathione, but only for a little bit. Hmm. And you mentioned the IV as well, which I've heard the IV is kind of similar in the sense that the half-life is very short and, you know, it's maybe even something as short as even just a day that you, you make it for a day, which makes you feel good for a little while, but you'd really have to keep going back. And I, I don't know, I just, I for sure can say that I've seen these IV therapies and they're, they're not cheap. No, no, no. And you just mentioned two things there that I really appreciate. It only lasts a couple of hours. And they're not cheap. And so what happens is, let's say someone actually gets glutathione every, every single day. I've, I've never met anybody do that. But let's say that they actually do that, okay? Or they're consuming N-acetylcysteine. Because of the, you know, it, because it doesn't last so long in the body, if you keep doing this to your body, it, it will actually create oxidative stress, which would be the contrary of what you want to do in the beginning. And do the clinical studies, I'm approving that. So again, you have to be basically just you know like super careful on these two ways of raising glutathione because it's not effective. You can't do it every single day and it's pricey like glutathione IV. Mm -hmm. So these doctors, what they discovered is that the best form of cysteine actually is mother's milk. Mm. So that's why, for example, babies that are mother's milk compared to babies that are not in mother's milk. Babies that were in mother's milk for months or years, they always, or, or at least most of the time, they were always healthier compared to the babies that didn't get mother's milk. And this is because of the cysteine. Why? Because of course it's fortifying the immune system of the baby. So this doctor was like, you know what? We, we have to find something similar. Mm -hmm. And then what they discovered was that whenever you get raw cow's milk, literally, but you take out the lactose, you take out the casein, the fat, you take out everything. Okay. But you just leave certain proteins, it actually has not only cysteine, it has what you call bonded cysteine, which is basically cysteine and cysteine, two amino acids that are bonded together so that whenever your cells receive it, your cells make glutathione. So that's, an act, that's what actually what I help people with. And that's what actually got my mom out of bed. Okay. And that's what, you know, like I'm a full medical professional that are watching or listening to this, basically just go to the PDR, which is a doctor's book. And then you find this product in that book. But again, it's, it's a natural way of making glutathione inside the body. It's not as expensive as glutathione IV. Mm -hmm. And there are many, 
and, um, and there are many um, clinical studies. So there are, again, many ways of raising glutathione. In my experience, in my research, this has been the most effective way and the most economical way. Sure. Yeah, that's really helpful. And and then there's of there's the liposomal creams and liposomal um, administration orally, right? So that you could. Uh, I know that there's an issue with taking uh, glutathione supplementation with you know the absorption and digestion of it. Whereas when they've created the liposomal form, meaning it's encapsulated in a, a fat droplet, uh, it's more effectively absorbed. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Well, you know. Liposomal amaglutathione, again, it, it is better than just regular amaglutathione supplementation. My, my only issue with liposomal glutathione is that there's still not as much research to prove it. Mm-hmm. So the, the few clinical studies that they've done on it, the results aren't amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you know, like it's kind of like mixed. So yeah. th- there's still not much research proving that it's amazing for people or that it works. And mm-hmm. The, you know, like the first reason is because we're not naturally made to, to um, some glutathione. Sure. Yeah, that's helpful. And, and, and evidence is important, right? Definitely helpful, especially when as medical professionals, we're making these recommendations. It's really important to, to have that, uh, you know, if you're working with clients. Now, when, before we kind of go into the glutathione recycling, um, yeah. you know, topic, I'd love to talk about just w- like, why are people, um, you know, having lower levels of glutathione and, and you know, w- when did this start? Is this a new phenomenon? And, um, you know, I work with a lot of patients who have thyroid issues, Hashimoto's or, um, you know, just hypothyroid, you know, diagnoses and, and those types of things, those situations, right? They, they often need some sort of support there from an antioxidant perspective. So why, why are people, why do we have low glutathione levels? What are some things um, that can deplete these levels in the body? Yeah, well, you know, with my conversation with him, Dr. Gutman, I asked him about just nutrition in general. And in one podcast that we did together, he told me something interesting. And as you know, Aaron, it's just, it's just true. A potato, just to give you a, you know, a vegetable, Mm -hmm. a, you know, like a potato now, actually, no, let's go with a peach, Mm -hmm. Uh, a a peach. Now, the quality of the peach now is not the same as a 1950 peach. And that's just a reality. So what happens is that, of course, the quality and the soil of our nutrition is not necessarily getting better per se. And one reason also is because of what's happening in the world and, you know, just the quality of the soil and the nutrition, one amino acid we don't have in our diet is cysteine. And that's a big issue. So for example, like uh, my great grandparents probably had more cysteine or dynasty than we did nowadays. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes when you just research on this amino acid cysteine and cysteine, okay. Some people will claim that raw broccoli has enough cysteine for us to make glutathione. What happens is that research proves that, you have to consume lots of raw broccoli, literally boxes of it to have enough daily. Now, I don't think anybody wants to consume raw broccoli daily. It's bad my, for many reasons. <laughs> my, low, my low FODMAP clients are listening to this like, oh my gosh, I can't consume that much broccoli. Right. Uh, yeah. Gas, so, bloating, indigestion, maybe preference. You know, there's not a lot and, of people like raw broccoli. And right. And again, okay, you like, you can only eat so much of it. Now, just imagine any boxes. It's just not reasonable. And then... Mm-hmm. Raw fish has also a little bit of cysteine. Okay. Now, again, raw fish, even though it's not a terrible option, mm-hmm. sushi has a high price. <laughs> and uh, generally, again, because of mercury, because of high levels of mercury, 
um, that's also not the most recommended thing. So there's also raw eggs. Now, again, raw eggs also is not the most recommended food in the world. Um, Bodybuilder style, raw eggs in the morning, just suck them back. Right. And, <laughs> and most people won't even, you know, like get a raw egg. Right. So, again, these are just not effective ways to consume cysteine. So mm-hmm. one reason, again, it's just because, of, you know, like of the quality of our nutrition in general. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we don't have much of cysteine. Okay. And, you know, also, for example, you know, like my genetics, you know, like 20, you know, of course, like, for example, like autism, you know, like autism has existed for a long time, mm-hmm. obviously, but nowadays it's so much more common to find, you know, an autistic kid, you know, like I think now in one, one out of every, again, you know, like, you know, for the ones that are watching, don't, don't exactly quote me, but I think one out of every 40 kids has, has autism now. That's mm-hmm. not normal. But before it was like one in a thousand, one in 500. And why? Well, mercury is a big reason, you know, um, you know like there's a lot more mercury, um, you know, like in our diets and all that, you know, and just, you know, just life in general. So all these things just mess up our genetics and messes up our antioxidant level. And then what happened? And then, for example, you know, like autoimmune conditions, and like all these things. Uh, you know, stress, you know, stress is a big factor on mm-hmm. why we lose glutathione. Okay. And like, um, I've met people, Aaron, and you know, this as a practitioner, you know, they're, they're fine. They have good health in general. They go through a trauma in their life mm-hmm. and then they're diabetic type too. I've seen this happen a, a lot. And then sometimes we just kind of, you know, like we don't, I don't think we understand hundred percent how horrible stress is or high levels of stress, but this literally will deplete our glutathione, you know, on the levels a lot. So, you know, we can be literally, I'm Aaron, you know, like on the whole podcast talking about reasons why people don't have high levels of glutathione. I would say the first reason or the first two reasons is just nutrition in general and the lack of this, of this um, amino acid cysteine. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And, um, and I will also say I'm a big fan of broccoli sprouts. People know that. Um, really great way to increase glutathione in the brain. You know, this, the compound sulforaphane, I've heard some research and seen some research on that. Um, so if you don't want to consume a bunch of raw broccoli, I'm a big fan of the broccoli sprouts, throw them in a smoothie or, you know, in a sandwich or a wrap. Um, what about in, like mold? So mold is one, you mentioned these toxins. So mold, heavy metals, and then how about genetics and um, like how would maybe like a SNP, like a polymorphism type of situation, maybe cause someone to be genetically predisposed to have lower levels of glutathione, for example? Yes. Because when you wonder, like, you know, they say there's some, you know, genetic components to autoimmune disease. And when I work with clients on their intake form, I say, you know, does your, do you have any family history of autoimmune disease? You know, you yeah. start to wonder, like, what is it that, that we're seeing in genetics that's maybe, you know, they always say genetics loads the trigger, lifestyle pulls the gun, but how much yeah. of it is genetics in terms of setting us up for failure here? Now, before I answer that, you, you said something about Brussels sprouts and sulforaphane. That broccoli if you don't mind. sprouts. Yeah, yeah, broccoli sprouts, sorry. Yeah, that's that, okay. That I want to mention if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, because it was something that, like, um, I had a point to mention about glutathione. So sulforaphane, after bondage cysteine, so forofan, I would say, is the best way to activate glutathione. And mm. this is amazing. So it, it turns out that we have a gene in our body called NRF2. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you activate this gene, and you can activate it, you know, like I'm a, just through good nutrition in general, but when you really activate it through sulforaphane, 
and you, for example, then come, then you consume, for example, this product and, you know, and then you're consuming, you know, cysteine and then you're combining it with sulforaphane. Not only is your body going to make glutathione by activating this gene called NRF2, then your body will make a better glutathione. So, it, so there are many studies proving that sulforaphane will activate the thymoglutathione, many, many studies. But what, what, what's amazing is that it will actually help your body detoxify three times more when you combine it in, into your diets. Amazing. So, so it, yeah, it, it really is. So once you're just making glutathione in general with bonded cysteine, beautiful, excellent. But then now you combine it with, you know, you know activating with sulforaphane acting your gene, you, you will start to detoxify three times better. And mm-hmm. what's, what's, what's amazing also about sulforaphane, you know, there's hundreds of, of reasons why everybody should, you know, you know, I should consume it either to supplementation or diet, but that it's super anti-tumor. Mm-hmm. So, so many people that have cancer that are consuming sulforaphane and combining, you know, like with their treatment and just raising glutathione in general, it's, it's amazing. You know, like um, it basically just, you know, it's, you know, like tumors hate, sulforaphane, you know, because of that reason, because it's super anti-tumor. So, yeah. So, you know, like I would say that bonded cysteine is a number one way to make glutathione and then sulforaphane. So I just want to kind of talk about that a little bit because I think it's a super important topic. And when it comes to, to answer your question on genetics, right. Um, if you can just kind of repeat exactly what, you know, uh, your question um, sure. after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How much of a role does genetics play in maybe predisposing someone to maybe it's having like a SNP in the enzyme activity for yeah. activation of glutathione? Like how much of a role would you say that that plays? Is it worth someone getting genetic testing for this? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I'm not, for, I don't really know why personally, you know, like if I'm honest, why is it that some people have more natural glutathione? Some people have just lower levels of glutathione. Of course, genetics have a big deal mm-hmm. um, with it. Why does that happen? I don't really know. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just one of those things that some people just have higher levels of glutathione and then some sure. people don't. Okay. Um, what I've, you know, like spoken to glutathione experts, it, it looks like there are some genes that just hold on more to glutathione. Mm. Okay. I don't know what type of genes, again. Um, it's just kind of spoken you like I'm a casually about it, but like some genes, like, you know, like, like, okay, a great way to see if people have high levels of glutathione is actually how they look. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like we know people and you know, people Aaron that are 70, but, they, but they look like they're like 50. Mm-hmm. And then we also know people that are 50 that look like they're like 80. Why? Because they're aging so quick. Mm-hmm. They're aging so quick. Like this oxidative stress is so quick. And obviously with so much oxidative stress, you have no levels of glutathione. Now I know people. And I have been like, you know, like, um, I actually right in my mind, I'm thinking about one friend in particular. I don't think he has the best supplementation in the world. I don't think he has the best, you know, like a nutrition diet, in, you know, in the world. He's, you know, I don't think he's raising glutathione in general, but since I know him for, like for the past 20 years, he looks exactly the same. It's amazing. And I wonder why, and I'm thinking he must have just, you know, some good genes that just hold on glutathione more. Why? I don't know, but some people just, you know, like I'm going to go through it now. In, in, in Italy, there's a town that certain people live over 100 years old. And they did a test on many of those type of people. And all of them have high levels of glutathione peroxidase, which is an enzyme. So obviously, if, if, if all of them have high levels of this enzyme, they have good levels of glutathione. 
Now, why? Well, you know, some parts in Italy, they have low stress, you know, like, you know, they, you know, they eat pretty well. They eat lots of cysteine. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going through many ways. So again, nutrition and, and stress, you know, like I'm, has a big deal. You know, like when it comes to testing, I actually just recently got a machine. Um, some friends of mine in, um, in Miami, some, uh, uh, antioxidant, um, I'm a, you know, like just experts in general for 15 years, they, uh, it, it took them to develop a machine that basically just in five seconds, you see your antioxidant points. Now it doesn't tell you your antioxidant level as in your glutathione levels, but it does tell you, um, the points that it has. So with that test, and with that machine that I've been using, I can kind of see my own personal glutathione levels and many people, I'm others, you know, like I'm glutathione level. Now, again, you know, like when it comes to, you know, like testing, you know, for glutathione and all that, hey, for whoever can do the test, I would definitely suggest, you know, I'm doing that test to kind of see down their levels. In general, if you have medium levels or high levels or, you know, you know like um, uh, low levels, I would suggest for everybody to find a way to raise glutathione in general, just because, you know, like of all the things that we're exposed to. Okay. Yeah. That's helpful to know. Um, you mentioned, you know, lifestyle and, and I think talking about stress is important. I do feel like anytime I have someone on this podcast, we always do come back to this concept of stress, yeah. um, you know, whether it's physical or emotional and, and also trauma. And there's some great books out there. Um, I think Peter Levine has a great book on trauma, which I would, I would highly recommend, but um, I, I would say in terms of reducing stress on the body, you know, eating, you know, whole unprocessed foods, yep. you know, a diet that is rich in fruits and vegetables and rich in, in high quality proteins, um, determining food sensitivities, intolerances, things like that. Those can really help to um, remove stress on the body. And yeah. I'm not a huge fan of food sensitivity testing. There's really not good research to support them. Um, usually I do this through an elimination style diet. That's really the gold standard. Um, and then also, of course, sleep, you know, getting good quality sleep and, and making sure that you're, you know, you're prioritizing that and having healthy sleep hygiene, um, reducing exposure to toxins and pollutants. So cleaning up your skincare products and your home cleaning products, you know, finding um, a products that are safe. Like we just got branch basics. That's like my favorite. They have a, a kind of all purpose um, cleaning solution. We use Dr. Bronner's, you know, all these types of great uh, and, and, and they're not that expensive when you, when you dilute them too. Right. So people get worried like, Oh, well, this Clorox that I've been buying or whatever is so much cheaper, but if you use these products correctly, you know, and dilute them, it's just such a great way to minimize toxins in your home. Yep. Um, and then of course, elimination. So you mentioned how glutathione helps to detox. And so, yep. you know, we talk a lot about digestion on this, this podcast and, how important it is to have healthy elimination. And so if you're upping your detox processes, but you're not sweating or having daily bowel movements or, um, you know, those types of forms of detoxification, then you're kind of missing a step in the process of, of actually feeling your best. So I, I want to also stress that too, that there, there really Agreed. is a very holistic uh, perspective to this, this glutathione discussion and, 
Uh, I think it's really exciting. We do have a ton of research, fantastic research. And, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, research on autism and for those who are just, you know, aging, um, I've seen a lot on, on brain health, cognitive decline, people that had less cognitive decline, they were seeing lower levels of glutathione there. So I'm just, I'm so grateful that you came on today to really discuss um, the benefits and importance of this, especially in the season of uh, prioritizing immune function, because it is something that is top of mind for a lot of people. Um, now, what would you say to the listeners for like your top three um, takeaways for them in terms of glutathione, like overall, whether it's boosting it or, um, you know, really getting to the root cause? Yeah, well, you know how in uh, real estate, whenever someone wants to buy a home, they yeah. always say that's about location, 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 right? And in glutathione, it really is about research, research, research. Okay, so, you know, research, but research well. You know, like just don't believe the first blog that talked about glutathione or, you know, because that person might not have all the info. Okay, like for example, like more reason why I love these podcasts is because podcast is one of the best ways to communicate, you know, correct research mm-hmm. and, and in this podcast and like you spoke you know like i'm a lot about a lifestyle nutrition i talk about glutathione and these are great ways to understand what glutathione is so first research okay second of all um when doing you know, like your research one of the i would say the gold standard for example in supplementation is human clinical studies and i can't stress this enough mm-hmm. there, there are not enough human clinical studies on on things and supplements in general Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't have human clinical studies, I would just pay attention. I, I'm not saying that, it, you know, like it would be bad, but just it, if there is human clinical studies, then probably it's the gold standard of supplementation. And then three, again, research again, <laughs> you know, just keep researching, keep researching. Okay. And I think that if you kind of have this idea of just research and then human studies on anything that you buy or purchase, I think you make a good decision. I like that. That's great advice. Big proponent of research, especially on this podcast. Um, now, the last question that I have for you is what is your favorite childhood memory with food? Wow, that's an amazing question. I think it's the first time anybody I'm asking that on a podcast. That's the first time. Well, you know what? I've always loved pizza. Always. <laughs> And I think when I was like five, six years old, I remember going to my great grandparents' house actually. And I just had this big box of pizza and, and, and I was just so thrilled. And actually till this day, every time I see them, they, they you know, like they, they always bring up that story, mm-hmm. you know, you know, because you know, like I had this big smile with this box of pizza, you know, a pizza. And I think since that's why every time I see pizza, I have such a good emotional connection just because I've always been so happy um, eating it. So definitely that one. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I think the question is just, I think food provokes a lot of emotion and memories for people and just hearing people's responses is so fun. And I just know I have so many memories around food that are positive as a kid. We love food, don't we? Yes, we do. (laughs) We do. Um, I forgot to also ask about like glutathione recycling, so I can kind of just like rope it in, but Um, I just wanted to kind of ask you, like, what is the difference between glutathione recycling versus glutathione support? Like, how are those different and why is that important? I think it's kind of the same thing. I'm honestly, you know, because I'm a glutathione supports like, okay. Like many times when 
people come to me and ask about like my product and just glutathione in general. Mm-hmm. One of the first one of the first questions they ask is, can, can I complement this mm-hmm. with my medical treatments or you know like my practitioner? And I and I always say, look, immunocal is not the cure it all. It's not an alternative. It's a complement. Okay? okay, so so I say so so by raising glutathione, it will support anything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, so so by doing this, I'm actually helping the person and the practitioner that's trying to help the person mm-hmm. because th- they will see faster results. So again, it's a compliment and it, you know, recycling really, even though it's, you know, even though it's connected recycling and supporting when I use recycle, I kind of connect more with recycling other antioxidants, Okay. you know, like vitamin C, vitamin D, but at the same time, many treatments are involved with vitamin C, vitamin E. So it's kind of connected. Just recycling would be more, for antioxidants and then supporting would be more for just um, treatments in general. Okay. Well said. Excellent. And so where can people find you if they want to learn more about you, your products, um, and stay in touch? Yeah. So my website is this is junko.com. So this okay. is, and then junko G I A N C O.com. Um, junko is my nickname. My full name is I'm a Giancarlo Torres, but like I always say, my best friends call me you know, by Janko. So um, anybody really can call me. I'm a by Janko. But yeah, just once you go to our website, you see a little bit more about my story. You see my social media accounts there. And, you know, if you want to you know, like know more about my product and all that, you can definitely schedule a consultation. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Janko. It was wonderful having you on today and look forward to staying in touch. Thank you, Erin. It's been amazing. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. This is the second to last week of my 12-week group coaching program, Rewire Your Gut. And I wanted to read a review from one of the soon-to-be graduates. Danielle said, I reached out to Aaron after years of GI issues and doctors never being able to help me. The frustration was at an all-time high, thinking I would just have to accept this. I was a little hesitant at first, but after a few months passed, I thought about what I had spent on medical bills and prescribed drugs. I love to cook and thought I was already eating fairly healthy on a regular basis, one of the reasons why I never understood why I was having GI issues. Little did I know after starting the program, I wasn't properly fueling my body. I've learned so much about different foods to be incorporating into my daily life and why. You may think you would only need to meet a few times, but when you're truly trying to create a healthier lifestyle, not just with food, but all around, it takes repetition, weekly calls to check in, talking about your highs and lows. If I could do Aaron's 12-week program all year, I would. This program is designed for people who are looking to optimize their digestion with evidence-based, personalized nutrition recommendations. It's not a diet or a weight loss program. In fact, we focus on what it means to have a healthy relationship with food, in addition to fun workouts, meditations, yoga classes. There are eight spots total for this group, two of which are already filled. So if you're interested in applying, go to nutritionrewired.com. What an amazing way this would be to start your new year. So thanks again for tuning in. And as always, don't forget to share the health.